1: Welcome back folks. We have been very fortunate over the past year to visit with a number of folks during our Nola Coalition uh segment of the show which is at 11 on Tuesdays and we are committed to continue to do so why because these are difference makers. These are people in the trenches turning the wrenches making a difference each and every day. There's no one panacea solution uh to the trials and tribulations, challenges that we have in our community. It's going to take a collective, collaborative effort of a lot of people. And fortunately, we have a lot of people that do give a damn about what's going on in their community. And today's no different. We're joined by Michael Willis, CEO and founder of Hope Help Other People Endure. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, O'Neill? So, Michael, uh, I understand that um, you have a little bit of a different tack. Uh, you uh, look at a lot of what's going on out there and saying, you know, some of this stuff is not working very well. We got to get back to some just some core tenets uh, in the approach of solving the crime problem that's threatening this city. Tell us about it.
2: So, I mean, basically, I think we need to be reintroduced and reeducate. Uh, some old methods. Um, some of the things that I recall that got me on the straight narrow when I was a young you know, young man out here in the streets. So basically, I'm looking at the same things occurring again in just a different generation. Um, and collectively, like you said, uh, we need diversity. We need so many different things to attack this uh, gun violence and this crime prevention thing together. So um, just from what I'm looking at and been looking at for the last... 30 years last year alone, I've been to over 70 funerals and the children was, you know, 17, or down, uh, that's the ages of them. And, um, I sit and I try to support the families cause nobody, uh, tell these stories anymore. It's like, it's just become like killing kids, killing and kids getting killed and going to jail. is starting to become a normal and that shouldn't be a normal, you know, in our, in our community. How, fri- so no- how frightening, how frightening is that for you? It's very scary. Um, when we had uh, at last year, at the end of the year, we had what over 214 families. You know, got people that was homicide and uh, over 359 fatal shooting situations. So that's you do you do the math of that. That's over mm-hmm. close to 500 and some people that had actually been shot, uh, and families are going through it. Then you got to look at the school grounds, right? The kids. uh, just barely getting into junior high. And every Friday, someone got to pray and hope that their kid is not the kid that's going to get killed over the weekend, and these schools got to hear about it uh, the following week. Like, we, we're taking a big blow, like, I mean, tremendously with tragedy and trauma because it's not, not just like when a family get killed or a person get killed. It's look who all is affected by this, the schools, the classmates, and everything else. And until we find some sense of urgency or figuring out what we're going to really do together as a people, because we can't police out, we're out of this, period. Mm -hmm. The community have to step up as well and also be willing to be held accountable. And I think that's the only way that we can uh, slow some of this thing down because we have to put community back into everything. Like we people, for some reason, I mean, you remember Katrina. Everybody came up and supported each other, blacks, whites, whatever, you know. So it's not about a color thing. I watch everybody pour love into a situation. Why all of a sudden now we can't go back to that place? Like is it, a, is it a switch that says, hey, I can love everybody. And then there's a switch that says, hey, I don't want to love everybody no more. So I'm kind of confused to where sure. realistically, I think that we, we are our own problem. Like we hold the key to the, uh, to, to the success of our youth in the future.
1: So I want to talk about this accountability in a second, but I, I did want to ask you this. When you, you, you talk about how, you know, we hope and we pray that our kids are not one of the, of the kids that are going to be murdered or killed or, or seriously injured over the weekend so that they can go back to school on Monday. You've actually visited with these families and these kids. What do these kids tell you, um, you know, about how they feel about uh, not having the safety and security of their school on a saturday or sunday.
2: Well, um we got away from children. We got away from a lot of programs that did work for whatever reason. You know, it may be an administrative change, the kids are crying for help. You know, I don't know if everybody remember last year uh at the end of the school year all of those kids was crying in Jefferson Parish, saying, please don't shut our schools them southern schools down. We're going to have to go to schools with these other kids, and we're going to have a problem. That was the children crying for help. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's just, they have nothing to do with the parents. This is what kids are saying, this is what's going to happen. And they still shut the schools down. And New Orleans is not a gang city. It's a territory city. You know, we have wars, third war, fourth war, fifth war, seventeen, 15, you know, stuff like that. And even in my day when I was young, we had these same problems. We had similar problems. You know, I, I know people that got killed because somebody bumped them. I know somebody that got killed because somebody stepped on their shoe in a packed club. You know, so when we say that the kids are doing the stupidest thing, you know, things, it's always been kids doing what kids do. It's just that did we give up on the kids. You know, like, listen, I dropped the ball, all right, in a major way period. So, you know, I can only right my wrongs, you know, and hold myself accountable. So, you know, like when I'm sitting with the families, I really like I was drum major in high school, right? So mm-hmm. when because I was drum major in high school, I really know majority of the families that's been affected right now. So when I get the phone call from Davis funeral home or anybody to come speak on behalf of the kids, I know the kids. You know, and twenty two of the kids uh that play football with Berman Park at Berman Gym uh is dead. Like, they just came through our program, and we don't have a 13-, 14-year-old program anymore. So a lot of programming has changed for whatever reason. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. We just got to figure out how do we get back to a place of peace and heal and take today whatever we figure out what we can do today, find a solution, and, and look towards a better future. But if we don't do anything, you know, we're in trouble. Remember, we got, we're got we in my right now. So that's scary, let me right? ask you this because this comes
1: up all the time um we had a record number of juveniles i think that were murdered last year uh very disconcerting um but i don't i i don't know i don't get the sense that there's a and cry in the streets about these kids getting shot and these kids getting killed and these kids getting arrested uh for for shooting folks um you know, they arrested a kid the other day uh, who uh, participated in the homicide of the bagel shop owner who was visiting the city of New Orleans. He's 16 years old. Someone told me he was actually 13. I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Once again, when you deal with juvenile records, it's it's like trying to solve the Middle East uh, peace yeah. uh, problem that they have there. But, but you know, I just don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not in these neighborhoods, but I just don't see, even when I was sheriff, when I was, I just don't see uh, folks really raising the rhetoric around this and trying to get, as you pointed out, because I agree with you a thousand percent, the community can solve this faster than law enforcement. The community can solve this faster than social services. The community has more power than all of those government agencies put together. If they empower Correct. themselves, take it, move it in 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 a direction. Um, Correct. You know, uh, the village, the village raised me, and I'm sure the village raised you. Um, yes, sir. You know, and the power of the village is huge. But I just don't. I don't see the village. Correct. Uh, I just. I don't see the village. I don't see the churches. I don't see the pastors. I don't see a lot of folks stepping up and, and calling folks out. And I know that you've talked about, you know, accountability, and you mentioned curfews, and you mentioned truancy programs. There seems to be a reluctance to really get involved in that. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. I've been advocating for tru- a truancy proactive truancy thing. A program here in the city of New Orleans for six to eight months now. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's like yeah. that's a problem. You know, we don't we don't have the energy to do this. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah. So that's just another point that everything's becoming normalized. You know, uh, we have the games like Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I, I let me let me. So let me point the finger then, because I never do it, but I'm gonna point the finger. Um, these games. You have TikTok, you got YouTube showing kids how to break in the car. YouTube is showing people, the kids, how to uh, rob somebody. Two stand over here, one stand over there to look out. So it's like the kids don't have to see me do anything wrong. They're being taught these things through AI now, you know. And um, it's scary because realistically, once my son got put, put his iPod in his ear, I don't know what he's listening to anymore. You know, so yeah. it's hard to even track to figure out what your kids seeing, saying, and going through. So I, I have, like, I always have a conversation. Like, my son this year is going to be 18. That means he's going to be eligible to, to vote, you know, for the next presidency. So we're not t- teaching these kids the things that, to me, that once was taught to us. Seem like, for some reason, the whole educational system been divided, and uh, she doesn't even write in curse anymore. You know, so it's just a lot of things that that you also remember from being a traditional person and and from being in the city. We're not seeing what we once were. The soul of the city seemed like it's gone, and everybody seems like they just gave up on the kids. And well, I mean, you I would agree, want, I can't and I give think up on them. I, I can give up on yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: and I think one I've of the points you're making is the is the problem is we have parents giving up on their children, right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah and 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 so there's a this void that's created, and everybody's looking around as to who's gonna step in.
2: Well, remember at one point they they passed the law, right? So the law was they took parenting away, told the kids, you know if you're not happy with your situation at home, blah, blah 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 blah, call the police, and this happened for maybe ten years, right? So then when your child, ten years later, then talk stupid to the parents. Ran over the house. They feel like they, you know, nobody can tell them nothing to touch them. The kids now, just imagine when you say, "Now, nah, Michael, I want you to go ahead and I'll be a parent again." How? My kid became a monster with a law y'all created. They gave yeah. them, a, you know, a lot of room. I remember the days. My they used to say, "This, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile." Now I understand what they said, what they mean by it. And we started seeing parents getting fought. Like we started seeing mothers, the daughters swinging on their daughters at school, and. And a mom was taping it and saying, "Wait till the police get here; they're gonna do." It. When like that in my day, that has never been heard of, where a child can beat up their mama at school or anywhere, and is protected.
1: So, and Michael, because the we have now, just a few minutes, we we have just mm-hmm. a few minutes left, and I, I want to get to this point. I mean. Where, where do we go from here? I mean, your organization, I, and I'm just kind of curious, how do people receive your message when you talk about this?
2: Well, I mean, this is what I do for the platform I have. In my mind, I'd be thinking when I'm showing so many families the tragedy, the trauma, that we can all come together and say we can avoid how can we prevent another death for the majority of these kids. Because if you look at the majority of the kids, if you look at the picture on social media. If they got four guys on there, the first guy go get killed three months ago, then the next kid get killed a month or two later. So it's all related, right? So it's like, how do we not even pick the kids up that we seeing with guns in their hands when they're twelve, thirteen? 14? We already know you can't have a gun at twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And then half of the aunties, uncles, just like myself. When I'm seeing something going on wrong, I supposed to be able to talk, pull that young kid to the side, and say, "Let listen. I was once you. I made those same mistakes. You know, like so. We don't have anybody stepping up anymore, being the mentors that they that we once had out here. You know, so we're in trouble. I mean, well, I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure saying, you've this heard, heard, sure you've heard this
1: though. Be, I'm sure you've heard this because I've had parents and I've had uh, communities leaders tell me they fear these kids they're afraid to really confront them because they're afraid they'll get killed. Yeah. And well, and that's not, and that, and I've talked to those, uh, community leaders, parents and others, and it's a real fear. It's Correct. not contrived. It's not made up. It's real. I'm sure you're seeing that as well.
2: Yeah. Again, because for 10 years you couldn't be a parent. Yeah. So that child that you no, were raised right. to be a The child that you raised to be a certain way now thinks she and he's a man and a woman of the house. They didn't talk Mm -hmm. stupid to you now and everything, so you can't put your hand on them, right? So, and I mean, like you said again, the the village got to go back to being that. We got to put community back into everything. Like you said, you don't see none of the pastors. So, what I did in the past, I partnered with quite a few people to see if this is what they really want to do. And when I did that with the church people and this and that organization, that organization. We became inconsistent on what the, the plan was, what we were going to attack, and how we was going to attack it month to month. And that tells me, Michael, when I go back to that church, if that church didn't do the fifth Sunday of the the month and did something in the community, that let me know that the church really didn't want to do it in the first place because I shouldn't have to sit there yeah. and tell a pastor how to run his church. And sometimes we have to go through some old methods, some other methods. Remember, at one point, every church wanted, what, a bigger pool pit. To baptize people yeah now we have mega church but we don't see nobody talking about baptize, baptism
1: no you're right you know so you know it's interesting we, we all... it's interesting michael and we got to get to we got it we got yeah. we've run out of time and i'm, I'm racking my brain trying to remember the book but it was basically letters from union and confederate generals to their sons uh outlining what they had to do in life the things that were expected of them and everything else pretty elementary all of those principles still hold true today and never forget if i got what general wrote it and it said son if any of your friends ever ask you to deviate for straight from a straight line they're not your friend and it's just little tidbits like that that still hold true today. As complex as we think society is, it's not all that complex anymore. And it sounds to me, or or it's not that complex still, and it sounds to me a lot of what you're talking about falls right in line with that. Best of luck to you, Michael Willis. Thank you for joining us, CEO and founder of Hope. Help other people endure. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Thank
0: you. Okay, picture this.